0: Hi, I'm Brad Durf, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters.
1: I'm excited.
2: I'm sorry, I picked this topic. I love this movie.
1: It's a scary
0: movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on... I got to tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked.
2: So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a
0: great movie. That You know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now, is that on so many pages, we're <laughs> like right there with each other. But then, I mean, it, it's it's almost inevitable that, uh, you know, half the time we're going to go, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you are out of your mind. I'm sorry man. <laughs> that. Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts... Good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Mad Chan.
1: And Hot Toddy.
0: Hot Toddy. How are you? Cold? Warm? Hot? You feeling pretty good right now? I'm pretty
1: cold again. (laughs) I feel like we should podcast in the
0: ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Well folks, glad to have you back for another installment of the Monster Mash. And Mad Chan and I have quit counting them. But we know that Professor is diligently keeping track of them, and he will number this episode appropriately.
2: I think it's like 28 or
0: something. Sure, give it a shot. <laughs> something in there. So, uh, we are bringing to you three uniquely different films. Yes. Very uniquely different. Um, so, I want to go around, and uh, I want you to say what you picked and why. So, Mad Chan, start us out.
2: Um, I picked Paul Solit's Grace. All right. Um, the reason is... We did the Adam Green episode. We kind of touched on Grace a little bit, but we hadn't full on gone into Grace, gone into the movie itself, so I wanted to bring it to the forefront.
0: Cool. Very cool. Hot
1: toddy. I chose the film Waxwork and I think it probably rolled off the round table of 88 and they also just had a beautiful Blu-ray come out of it.
0: Yeah. Feel and I love I love the, the movie too, so Cool. Very cool. Well, I chose Krampus. Um, uh, Krampus. We we picked it when it was still the holiday season. We're about to approach Christmas. Don't know when this episode will air. Just wanted to give you a little Christmas flavor with Krampus because it wasn't out when we did our Christmas horror episode. No. And it really wasn't out when we did our winter horror episode. Right. So this would be off those lists, but definitely should be on those lists. Um, but uh, anyone who knows me, knows me. I'm a big fan of The Legend of Krampus. Um, I've been knowing about it for about 8 to 10 years now. Uh, just think, I think it's fascinating. And uh, my mentor pastor used to get me a Krampus gift every year for Krampus Day. He would make a little bag with pictures of Krampus on it, and it would have switches because, you know, Krampus uses switches. But it would also have a bottle of uh, Jack Daniel's honey whiskey in it <laughs> because he says, well, I know that you're going to need this because Krampus is certainly coming for you tonight <laughs> on December 5th.
2: Wow. <laughs> and that's I He's a nice guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do uh, a fundraiser every year on Krampus Night uh, with, yes. with our friend Brian Blair. Uh, this year we we uh, raise toys for Toys for Tots. So we dress like Krampus and terrorize the streets of downtown Muncie. So Krampus, near and dear to my heart. Really enjoy the movie, and that's why I chose it. So, awesome. Matt Jan, what are we starting with? Oh, uh, you want to go ahead and start with Grace?
2: Yeah, let's do that. All right, so uh, again, the movie is Grace, uh, 2009, written and directed by Paul Sollett, um, starring Jordan Ladd, Stephen Park, Gabrielle Rose, and Samantha Ferris. Yeah, man. Um, the premise of Grace is a couple are trying to get pregnant and succeed, mm-hmm. and tragedy strikes. The We lose the husband. There's a bad car wreck in which we lose the husband, and... Losing the husband sets forth a series of misfortunate events. Um, his mother, Vivian, played by Gabrielle Rose, starts going into child withdrawals. She starts... Uh, she misses her kids so bad, she starts reverting back. She does some weird things with her husband. Yep. Um, she starts trying to produce milk again. Yep. Like, it's, uh, it's a whole thing. And then, uh, also... During the crash, we lose the baby.
0: We are under the impression that we have under, lost the yeah, baby. Yeah, under the impression yeah. that we've lost the baby. Yeah, she's not moving. And um, after
2: the birth, the baby is well the way they put it is she will she's the woman runs in, she says you can't will a baby back to life. And she looks down, uh, Jordan Ladd looks down and goes, No, she's here by Grace. And she names the baby Grace. Yeah. It's kind of like a start, but let's roll into it.
0: Yeah. So initial thoughts, initial thoughts on the film. Um, I saw this around when it came out because it was a lot of buzz in the independent horror circuit. Um, and, uh, la- you know, I remember liking the film well enough, but I was like, boy, this is so heavy. I don't know if I need to watch it again. Mm hmm. And I still feel that way, even after a second viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's heavy, 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 and uh, it's good. Uh, it's definitely not my favorite movie, but uh, it's it it touches on some really heavy stuff, and um, that's my initial thought. Tati,
1: uh, I think I kind of felt the same way. Watched it when it first came out. Didn't have a large desire to watch it again, probably because it was heavy. But watching it again, I didn't. I didn't really feel that way the second time. So I kind of noticed more of like, uh, like I noticed a lot of like influences maybe like from other films and yeah. I noticed more about it than I did the first time, I guess. Okay. Mad Chan, initial thoughts.
2: Oh man. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's dark and I thought it was dark then. Um, I, I re I wanted to retouch it, like I said, because of going out there and, um, uh, we didn't, we didn't really include it in anything else, but I had watched horror movies all day, you know, in preparation for the for shows that we record. And after I watched Grace, I had to turn them off. Man, I had to put on some "It's Always Sunny."
0: Had to chill out <laughs> for a little bit because that was one
2: man. It was a it was a downer to end on,
0: man. Like, yeah. I tried to sit down on Wednesday night and watch this, and I'm sitting just kind of relaxing, having a having a couple drinks, and uh, I got a half hour in, and I was like, "This is not the night. I can't. Right. I can't." Right, right, so right. I saved it. And watched it when I got up and had my breakfast on Thursday.
2: Like, and that's really a testament to Paul Saulett, man. Like, yeah. uh, the first time filmmaker at this point, you know, he, he had done a short that he toured the convention circuit with and, uh, Adam Green, it's all that short. And, uh, when Adam was approached about doing a movie, he wasn't quite ready to do his own feature. And, uh, Arescope pushed to produce this movie for Paul. And I mean, it was a good choice. I mean I'm glad it's out there I really am yeah but damn um getting into the movie um the movie opens up with well with two people having sex just but not in that movie passionate right. kind of way there was a it was it was a duty right they were trying to get pregnant and it she has this look on her face of sadness and I don't want to say disappointment, but, you know, disappointment. You because know? up
0: to this point, they had already lost two, two babies. Yeah. That's right.
2: They'd already lost two children. And it kind of sets the tone right there when you see this interaction, you know, something that in movies we, we think of something very passionate or so. you know, like, or it, it wasn't even fun. It didn't even right. look fun for her. Right. And it starts there. And that kind of sets the tone for the whole movie, man.
0: Totally. Um, another thing that gets set early on. Uh, this is a new term that I was uh, introduced to. Um, are you guys familiar with the term "crunchy"? No. If you describe a person as crunchy, please enlighten. <laughs> Some. This is a thing. Like I met people. Like someone brought this up to me once, and I thought. I said, "What the hell does that mean?" And a couple people were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Um, if you think about like, this is something I would call like your your tree hugger friends they're crunchy like they like granola and they wear birkenstocks and they're vegan and things like that Uh, so that's that's,
2: for a lot of our listeners from the bay area
0: (laughs) right so it's like crunchy so like this has a very crunchy feel to it they're they're very uh you know she's she's vegan or vegetarian and uh the husband isn't and so but also too that translates into She's got a mistrust of modern medicine and she wants to go to a midwife and doesn't want to have the baby in a hospital and like all of these things, which I'm not saying are wrong. Don't, don't, don't don't be like running those things down. I've never had a kid. So maybe when I have, when, when, you know, my wife has a kid, we'll, we'll go to a midwife. I doubt it, but maybe we would, I don't know. I can't say that. Um, but yeah, just very like, oh, and it's, it's so bad when the cat kills a mouse, you know, like she's so distraught over that and you know you can't give the cat soy milk cat's gonna do what a cat's gonna do <laughs> you know so right uh it's yeah it sets that current and she's always watching animal cruelty commercials
2: oh yeah then, like throughout the whole movie she's watching animals be slaughtered on yeah. the, and she's like oh it's the animal it's the animal channel I, I can't get enough of it's like that's not the animal channel i watch there's
0: only one time <laughs> where they're showing like an actual show where it's like a dog rescue or something <laughs> like that but right. the rest of the time it's Brutal, you it's, know, slaughterhouse videos exactly, man. It's crazy,
2: and that's just one of those great details that's laying in there. Like the scene where she opens up the, the liver, or the you know, uh, she opens up this package that her husband had given her, and he put a little note on there and said, Thanks, babe, yeah, you know, for cooking him this meat. And it's just Paul does a really good job of building layers from the very beginning, right? This is who she is, this is who he is, this is how they interact that she doesn't like this. Then things had, you know, the crash happens. Well, now the mother starts to build up new layers and she's starting to build up new layers. And then the baby becomes this character unto itself. Yeah. And it's there. Go
0: ahead, Dottie. Duh, Dott, any thoughts?
1: Uh, well, my first thought is like, should your midwife be your past lesbian lover? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's question one, right? Um, right. like I said, uh, I think when I rewatched it, I, I noticed like, a lot of other, um, I don't know. I didn't feel rip off, but influences. Uh-huh. So I noticed a lot of like Rosemary's baby and, and it's alive and, uh, the unborn, like, uh, the nineties the Roger Corman film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and for some reason I never picked up as much, but I'm like, man, even nightmare five, the dream child. Oh yeah. Um, like even to so much where the, the, the grandma wants the baby and, um, And then probably biggest influence, which is weird, but alien, because, I mean, what are babies, but parasites that eat off of us and a weird (laughs) alien life form inside the mom. Yeah. So um,
2: weird things start to happen with this child. Uh, She notices that flies are starting to gather around the baby. Yeah. Um, The baby has an affinity and wants blood. Yeah. She, the baby almost is uh Audrey chewing her. Mm-hmm. feed me, yeah. and the baby stops drinking the milk and starts biting and sucking out the blood from the mother. yeah, and you get to see her fall into this almost there no, this not almost this anemic state. She becomes the shell of who we see her as. like she was already seemed like a shell of a person in the beginning of the movie, right and then even more so towards the middle and haunt hauntingly. So at the end, right? Like I didn't think so the first time, but watching this again, man, Jordan Ladd did an amazing job Oh yeah, in this movie. Cause she just plays that role of, Oh my God, what am I going to do? First time mother, no father. This weird thing is happening. You know, this baby and this baby is literally sucking the life out of her, man. Yeah. And,
0: and I'll tell you, ya- did you mention Rosemary's Baby when you said it? Yeah, and
1: and and I think I think too. Uh, when I was rewatching it, I was like, I, I only compared it to the Omen that that the Omen the the mother was not connected with Damien, right? But I was like, if you're gonna be evil and you could choose, well, better way to to than a mother because cause even Rosemary's Baby once she saw her baby, there's an attachment and and a need to to help the baby no matter what. Huh. So. So even though the baby's doing bad things, like the mother was changing herself to adapt to to keep this baby going.
0: And another thing of, that reminds me of Rosemary's Baby about this film is the isolation. Remember how isolated Mia Farrow was? Yeah, yeah. she was all alone in the biggest city in the world. You know what I mean? Like, because right. she was trapped to that apartment, and she felt like she was going crazy. And that's what this movie does well is like that isolation. She's, she isolates herself in this house. Her only lifeline is her former lover midwife who is pretty freaked out by her and doesn't want to have anything to do with her initially after the baby's born. Right. Because she knows something is wrong. And so uh, she's very isolated. She can't reach out to the only person she wants to reach out to people try to reach her and she doesn't want anything to do with them
2: and then like you were talking about the uh the midwife the midwife's secretary like when she is ready to start trying to help or something the midwife secretary is so hell-bent on getting her to take the baby to a hospital right that she's not giving her so messages I, I, didn't not del- I didn't get that
1: i didn't i got that the secretary was banging the midwife and there right because that's her, i think that's her new girlfriend yeah i think i i got a sense of jealousy and well, she why... she told her specifically she's like you need to take
2: this baby to a hospital. And the midwife said, well, that's not going to help any. He, and then she was, she tells her the first time she calls, she was like, listen, she's not here. You need to just go on and take the baby to a hospital. And she's like, I'm not doing that.
1: So, I, And I, then she continuously. I got that. She just didn't want her to be involved with the midwife that she right wanted.
2: And that's two different layers, man. We yeah. so each saw something different there.
1: Yeah. Cause I agree with both to an extent. Right. So.
2: Man, the, the well, that that was
1: that was a big play in the movie too. Was you know the doctor kept showing up and saying that he's the family doctor, and then, and then she would repeatedly say, you know, that's not my doctor. Right. So they were the trying doctor. to force like this, uh, the midwife out and the and the practical medicine in. Mm-hmm. The um, oh man, the
2: the birth scene in this, like watching it with watching it with the wife, like the birth scene in this is just it's well done because it's not a short oh my God, now our babies, it is a, it's, it's a scary experience. It's a, it's a intense experience and they show all that and it's well shot. It's well planned out in this movie. I've never seen a water birth, but I mean, just the way that Jordan Ladd was playing it, mm-hmm. like they, she did a real good job. And then the scene where she holds when she hands her the baby, she's like, can I, can I hold the baby? And the midwife hands her the baby she's sitting there this holding dead, her dead baby. baby it's like oh my god like dude it, just, it really did man it it got yeah. me it really did I,
0: I started to well up a little bit yeah because you start to feel for her right right so let's let's start wrapping up here okay, let's start okay. talking about the ending and let's talk, start talking about bigger themes bigger meanings if right. you have any um uh give us give us the ending in a nutshell mad um the mm,
2: <laughs> the her husband's mother who has flipped out on her own at
1: this point right. you know um and she, is she was trying... also a judge right so that was she's did something in, in and yeah. uh, so, so I, I almost so. kind of felt like she felt she was a, like could do what she wanted yes right and
2: she, she was pushing her and she was trying to take the baby from her and she sent in the family doctor that uh toddy was talking about to to rule her unfit, to rule Jordan Ladd unfit, Madeline unfit, so she could just swoop in and take her grandchild because she was missing her son. Yep. She. Um, so he comes to the house. Uh, he ends up getting killed. Yeah. She, uh, the mother,
0: that she, she ends up, Vivian ends up coming to the house. Well, in in the in the process of killing him, she's saving the blood to feed to the baby. Oh, dude, which is such a. Man, like
2: it—that's it, like you're talking about bigger themes. People will do anything for their children. And she literally starts snipping vein. That scene is so good, man. When she starts snipping in and not enough blood's rushing out, so she snips that vein in his arm and it starts gushing. Yeah. I mean, bro, there's a lot of good detail yeah, because, in this movie, man. And we
0: forgot to mention earlier that she started buying... Uh, oh, yeah,
2: she started buying meat and uh, wringing out the blood and yeah. putting the
0: blood in a bottle. So and person- the baby
2: wouldn't take because... We're led to believe because
0: it wasn't human blood. Right. So. Right. And so this woman who wouldn't have anything to do with the killing of animals is now. Flipped.
2: Yeah. Flipped. And she's do anything, anything for, her child. for her
0: child. Yeah. So. So she kills the doctor. She kills the doctor. Um,
2: step. The mother-in-law comes into the house. Mother-in-law tries to take the baby. There's a fight that ensues with a hammer.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: shit. Gets crazy for a little bit. And. Uh, everything works out in the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the Thelma Louise ending yeah the midwife ends up taking the baby yep. um, we see a RV mm-hmm. driving into the into the sunset and it pulls into a, a gas station on the side of the road and we get to see the mother,
0: which we presume we thought was dead. Right. Which I'm still baffled that getting bashed in the head with a hammer didn't kill her. In the
2: back with all that blood rushing out, I'm with you. Yeah. Because I was
0: like, is that the mom? Yeah. Is that the they, both secretary? the women had dyed their hair. Yeah. And then just, but
2: that end scene is badass. She's like, we can do this. We I figured out a way to, as long as we keep you eating right, we'll keep your blood levels up. The baby will be fine. We can do this. And then she's like, but there's one thing we didn't think about and she lifts up her shirt and exposes her breast and it's been chewed to shit and she's like the baby's teething now. And it was like,
0: "Oh, I mean, it's just I don't know, man. The CGI gore was kind of stupid there. <laughs> Cuz it it was it wasn't practical, was it? I thought it was. It looked CGI to me. I
2: right don't know. What
1: what do you, what'd you think, Hot Toddy? I thought the flies were CGI. Yeah, it was what I picture titty. <laughs> all, all mangled and, and gross.
0: But <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I uh, just it's hard to so, I mean, is this a film where you should try to understand what the baby was, or is this a film where you should just leave it? I think it makes it better
1: itself? not... I, I think if they explained it, I wouldn't elect the movie at all. Yeah. I, yeah, I think
0: this is best left alone. It's like, do we try to say the baby is undead? Do we say the baby's a vampire? Do we say the baby's a zombie? Like, I no, think, we just don't.
2: I think my grander meaning, like we talked about, is the baby was just a baby. Mm-hmm. And well, when, I, the... the thing that the thing that i feel like it represents like we said is this baby is sucking the life out of this mother and that's what it is it's just a huge it's a huge metaphor for for children for babies in general for mothers single mothers who are trying to do it on their own just Mm -hmm. the way she feels she feels like she can't do anything she can't trust anybody she can't go anywhere she's trying to protect her child at all costs like gotcha that's what i thought about i it. i
1: got a different meaning from this film so so to me even the uh even the name grace cuz like uh i kind of felt like those like fake trailers where you change the music and it could almost be like a a, a movie of faith <laughs> yeah but but even uh to me on the dark side of it i kind of felt like it was a demonic force here because uh like even the wreck we don't know how the wreck happened it just happened mhm and and the baby like was willed back to life and you know, and the a grace, because it was a miracle. And, and I kind of took it as a miracle, but but not from God.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely
1: could take on that omen, that Rosemary's baby. It could take on that. Because even the, you know, the the people, it was kind of like when when you fall in love with the baby, because even the grandmother was willing to do anything for that baby once she got it. Yeah. I never even thought about it from that angle.
0: That's good. That's a good thought. I didn't even think about that. Right on. Because I was definitely, you know in line with with magic. But I also
1: think children are demonic and evil, so, <laughs> so you know that's that's just my
0: view. <laughs> All right, any final things to say on Grace?
2: Uh definitely watch it. Check
0: uh, it out. Yeah. Check, check it out. It it stressed me the hell out, but uh you know, I think it's worth watching one time.
1: I, I will say a cool thing I read was that uh, cuz it's slow-paced and uh and kind of kind of builds and I I did read that the director's next film has a uh, it's like a crime thriller, so it kind of makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. starring John Malkovich. Whether it's straight to video or not, it kind of sounds cool. And then, other than that, was uh, I was trying to figure out who uh who Samantha was, and I until I, I looked it up, I realized Supernatural. Yeah. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: she was probably the only thing that took me out a little bit, just because I kept trying to place who she was. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, on to the next.
2: Uh, let's go ahead and move on to wax work. Uh, 1988, written and directed by Anthony Hickox. Hickox. Uh, starring Zach Galligan, Deborah Foreman, Michelle Johnson, David Warner, Dana Ashbrook, and John Ray Davies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Waxwork. This was Hot Toddy's pick. You want to give a synopsis? Uh, sure. I mean... It's, so we put you on the spot? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's okay. So, uh, I mean... For for me this is kind of like a kind of like a monster squad or it, it was the, it was a movie made for horror fans of yeah. a love for horror um so many films influenced it obviously but uh j- just generally a uh bunch of kind of a uh, kind of yuppie college students um kind of a asshole more asshole than normal breakfast club
0: <laughs> and
1: um out of nowhere a a wax museum pops up and they're invited to a, uh, to a, a midnight of, of no more than six, no less than six friends. <laughs> right. Um, kind of definitely a throwback to, uh, like house of wax and stuff. But, uh, we come to find out that the, the reason they need six is because, uh, you know, there, there's been 12, 12 bodies missing already. So six, 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 the devil's number. So you oh, need 18, yeah. but, uh, once they cross the barrier into the into the exhibit, they're taken into the taken into it. So, like the the Dracula exhibit, she goes into it, and it's like a different dimension. Yeah, right. and, ex- and she experiences. Uh, so it's kind of like walking past and going into the films, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is why so many horror fans love this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I trying to think of what it even would put your mind to, like when they they pop into the films. I think definitely uh i think maybe final girl probably borrowed from this a little bit yeah um, stay tuned yeah yeah exactly so uh, a lot of fun a lot of, this is a fun movie this is a fun movie i,
1: I will say uh the, the coolest thing i you know and I, I watched this quite a bit but um it's probably been a year or so since i watched it last but i got the shiny blu-ray kind of got a little boner with the vestron logo i mean because vestron has definitely made a comeback with uh with the blu-ray market yeah oh yeah uh, I had this on
0: a multi-pack, a uh, big like eight-pack, I think, that had Chud 2, Ghoulies 3, the mm-hmm. best one. Um, um, yeah. What else was on this one? Oh, Chopping Mall. This is why yep. I bought it initially. And Waxwork was on there, and I'd never seen Waxwork. Believe it or not, until I watched it two or three weeks ago for this show, I'd never seen Waxwork. I always remember the cover. Always remember the cover art. But uh, popped this in and just really had a lot of fun with it uh mad jam initial thoughts oh yeah
2: i, I, I like the movie it's uh you're <laughs> all right man. no it, it had a it has like you said it had a bunch of those elements into it you get to travel into eight the 18 or a few of the 18 worst men in the world yeah and uh it's got the old school demonic possession or demonic sold my soul
0: mm-hmm. uh
2: background story going on and uh we need to each one of these exhibits needs to kill a person. And after they've all killed a person uh, just like every movie, um, somebody gets to take over the world and destroy it. I don't know why people <laughs> always want to destroy the world, you know, cause once you do it's
0: all right. Well, that was that <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the ending, but I want to say this movie has a bonkers ending <laughs> that really, I did not see coming. I, I didn't know what the end game was. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. Right on, yeah. So, uh, so uh, Todd, gave a brief synopsis here um, about that little person that is the,
1: the J- junior.
0: <laughs> yeah. The doorman, the maitre d, if you will, who lets him in. Great, great part. Yeah. Definitely a memorable. Well, one. I,
1: I think it's made better by the, by his counterpart of, of Lurch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just beats around the place. It shouts at and yells at very <laughs> funny. Very funny. And then we
1: get, we get the owner is David Warner.
0: <laughs> right. Right, so let's talk about some of these exhibits here because these are the, if you will, the vignettes. I mean, it's it's almost got yeah vignettes within the movie. Um, the first one is a werewolf tale with John Reese Davies. Oh, John Reese Davies is dope, man! So good, and the werewolf looks pretty good. Yeah. I like the way the werewolf looks. Uh, I think the first He's got trans- them big ass ears and yeah, grandma. it's fun. It's fun. I think the first transformation wasn't that good, but the second transformation looked pretty good, right. but I mean, it's got some brutal elements to it. I mean, some good gore with that body rip that he does. I mean,
2: oh dude, I love when they hit him with the chair and he just brushes it off. He's
0: yeah. Like, That's so good. He flicks it off his shoulder. <laughs>
1: Which is a big part of the film, too, is, is the horror comedy. The camp. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. It's dude. definitely yeah. a lot of good camp. A lot of good camp. A lot of good camp. Anything else you want to say about that vignette?
2: Um, I, that's, that's Dana Ashbrook.
0: Yeah. Uh, the kid is Dana Ashbrook from uh, Return of the Living Dead 2.
2: Yeah. And uh, that was, it was pretty awesome. Man. I liked it.
0: So then the next one is the vampires, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dracula. Dracula. Which was another good one i mean it was like a cheesy romantic dracula love story i like how,
2: i like how people get sucked in they uh like the the females especially well, well, I mean, and they start they start admiring and that's how they get sucked in. i, I think
1: that's a point we missed too is that if you don't believe it, it it can't really harm you so so even even the werewolf one he's he thinks at first he's tripping yeah and and so the more the more like he he mentions you can smell the pine trees and I it, like the more they get sucked in, like, like each one of them almost like romanticized, like they get sucked into each exhibit. Right. right.
0: Cause yeah, that's ultimately how they defeat them at the end is, is like, well, if we you realize believe, it's fake, they right. can't hurt you, then it won't. But those initial people got sucked in and because it was done so well, I mean, this, this vampire skit was very hammer horror. Oh, definitely. Very hammer horror.
2: My, uh, my note here says those people eat soup. Like I eat soup. <laughs> the big slurp. <laughs> <laughs> I love that man. They're just sitting there slurping, the, slurping the stuff. Up. Yeah,
1: the steak tartare. Steak yeah. tartare. Oh,
0: steak tartare. Yeah. Which
1: uh, that was uh, M- Michelle Johnson. That was uh, I kind of more know her as like uh like oh she was a bitch in another movie like like that's kind of how <laughs> I recognize her. So like death becomes her and right. like she might have been in some tales from the crypt or yeah
0: yeah totally.
1: Um, I, I think the coolest thing for me though is when she uh. When she's discovering that they're vampires and she goes down into like almost like a weird pantry, I guess. But it's, it's pure white
0: yeah, and
1: pure white and clean and sterile. And it doesn't end that way.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and and definitely like, uh, I don't think I've ever even since like who uses, uh, like wine bottles to, to impale a vampire. So
0: good. It was. That's one of my
2: favorite scenes in the movie when
1: she impales him on the champagne. Oh dude,
2: what about the guy
0: strapped to the table?
2: Well, that yeah. was awesome because you get to see this guy strapped to the table, and there's there things feeding on his leg. He's like part of his legs missing where they've just cut him off. And Tied him off
1: with a which was yeah. the steak tartare. Yeah.
0: Steak tartare. So her. great. You man. just ate your fiance, <laughs> and I love that she's like confused. Like at first she's like, "You're I don't know you," and then by the end she's like, "I'll save you."
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, and 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 looking in um. Hey, to go back to to touch on the the video stores, that's kind of how I got sucked in. Was the box and and again this was like an unrated version, so watching the R couldn't really tell a lot. But like that whole scene, this is pretty much the difference in the unrated cut. Oh, really? Is is added slurps and and like I think even the champagne, like they had to cut for some reason the champagne shooting out. Oh, and... uh, okay, gotcha. So uh,
0: only two victims that first night, right? Right. Yeah, and so they go back and they try to report it to the cops and to the parents, and people don't believe them. Right. But then they start believing them, and then they start becoming victims in the new setup. Um, any other vignettes you want to mention? Because I don't have any notes until it gets to that weird.
1: Well, I, I think the mummy was pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, you know they he he goes into the the mummy and, and and like I think out, out of a. Like universal monsters, like the mummies always joked about, of how you know you just run away. Or I thought that was a pretty vicious one, too. Was uh, you know, they just get sealed into a tomb and and killed. Um, there's also uh, quite a few we don't get to see, but like uh, the Phantom of the Opera, yeah. Um, looking into it, something I never knew, but in this script, that wasn't Phantom of the Opera, it was actually Jason Voorhees, and so the line where. He talks about, oh, Jason and then mentions the movies was they made movies of the, the Jason killings, oh. but because of rights, they could not do that. Okay. So I thought that was something cool to, to learn about. And also, um, you see early on the Frankenstein monster. I never realized the uncredited Kane Hodder was the Frankenstein monster oh, who helped either. with some of the stunts.
0: That's cool. That's very
1: cool. But um, I, I noticed, uh, like, like even the first viewing, um, being a horror fan, even every time I watch this, I always look in the background to see if I, like, the exhibits are just so, like, oh, you know, yeah. what's this movie from, or what is this? Oh, and, the,
2: uh, what's it called? The Invisible Man one? Uh-huh. That was dope yeah. where he's got the, the shoving the thing down her throat. It's yeah. <laughs> like, oh,
1: dude. Yeah, so Invisible Man. Um, the, the I, I'm taking the voodoo one was just something to do with voodoo, but... Um, it was all pretty uh, horrific scenes of uh, of horror, regardless. Mm-hmm. And and each viewing, kind of like a weird spoof movie where you try to notice things. Yeah. I always do that when I watch Waxwork.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, especially catching those. Um, so, the film takes a weird turn. I'm talking about the Marquis de Sade? <laughs> this Marquis de Sade thing. <laughs> I was like, did not see that coming. This is the first of two <laughs> weird turns that this film takes for me. Did not see that coming because the girl loved Marquis de Sade. She loved the Marquis de Sade. Which is so weird. Like, who falls in love with a sadistic son bitch like Marquis de Sade? <laughs> I don't Fifty know Shades of Grey. <laughs> right, exactly. Women
1: of 2016.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Which we can talk about that at length. But, right, right. right. Uh, yeah, so, you know, she wants to be tortured by the Marquis de Sade. The,
1: right, vir- uh, the Virgin, yeah. mind you. Dude,
0: right. The Virgin wants to be tortured and, by the Marquis de Sade. Um, yeah, so she goes in and gets, like, a straight-up uh, Stockholm Syndrome for Marquis de Sade. Like, don't, no, I want to be here, you know, and All he's right. trying to rescue her. And they try to fight him, and they can't hurt him because he realizes it's not real. Um, weird turn. Weird turn.
1: Yeah. But I mean, he, he was it pretty sadistic, and and you did skip over uh, the exhibit he was in, which was neither Living Dead. Oh yeah, and it even went into black and white, which I thought was cool. Yeah, that yeah. was
0: very cool, very cool. So should we get to this final, this final battle? You got any other notes before we get to that? Uh, I'm, the I'm wrong, just the going down to stuff
2: that we touched on. You know, the guy tells him his grandfather collected 18 trinkets from 18. 18 evil men of over history. Oh, that's, and, right. that's right. Uh, we find out that David Warner sold his soul. This is where we find out David Warner sold his soul. And, and, and they did uh, open to, it with... was David Warner was the guy who killed his grand, um, Zach Galligan's grandfather. <laughs> right. And so it, it kind of, they wrap things up together and put things in. And that's when we go to the attic looking, you know, cause he recognizes David Warner. So he goes to the attic looking, then they search out some answers. And like, we start to tie up that we start to tie up what's going on in the movie. like, at this, in like the beginning of act three
0: mm-hmm. or the
2: end of act two, beginning of act three, we're, we're tying everything up and then they go back because he, he's got to stop it. They, we've got to burn all the wax exhibits. Yeah. And that's why they go back. Ultimately, they go back to burn everything down and uh, ended up. That's when we figure out. <laughs> they end up starting
0: kickstarting the apocalypse. <laughs> and, and did you catch
1: that? The house that Zach Galligan lives in. Oh, no. So uh, I don't know if it just it, it's uh, a famous house. The mansion. So if you if you noticed, it's also in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Oh, right. Oh. it's also in Witchboard. Oh. Um Actually, looking it up, a, a lot like Willard Ben, a lot of lot of films. Oh, cool. I I feel like the time period. I, like you know, maybe I didn't catch Willard and stuff, but uh, yeah. the late eighties seemed to pop up in a lot of like genre films. So
0: very cool. a weird
1: star of its own,
0: a weird fame of all of its own. So. It all gets completed because he finally gets his six dead bodies completing the six six six, and now all of the monsters come to life. Yep, and they're going to take over and conquer the world. But then the good guys are the <laughs> his, his, what is was the uncle's friend in the wheelchair. Tons sure. of them. Dude. Yeah, all these weird cats show like, up. The defenders of truth, pop. <laughs> They're fighting for truth, justice, and the American way.
2: Literally, the defenders of truth pop up out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> and there's like 40 of them. Yes. they running through the door with axes and guns. And if we go into a 10-minute <laughs> battle scene, a battle um, royal, if you will, of <laughs> waxwork <laughs> monsters and weird cats who just came in off the street with a dude in a wheelchair to fight <laughs> all these monsters. People are getting killed left and right. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man, dude, it was, it was bonkers, and I <laughs> loved it. I did not see that coming. I didn't either.
1: Which uh, Sir, Sir Wilfred was, uh, I guess. Possibilities was also Donald Pleasance, Christopher oh, Lee, oh, nice. Peter Cushing.
0: Yeah, but right um, <laughs> I just I got I got nothing else, man. This movie rocks. Oh, it does. It gets bonkers. <laughs> well, and,
1: and you get to see end. more of the exhibits too. So some of the like like uh, early on, I couldn't figure out which they they had. They had both. There's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But the other one was actually Little Shop of Horrors, because, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know when she puts the little guy oh, in, yeah, it's a feed me. Picks yeah, picks him
2: up and just shoves him down. Like, yeah, so funny. It, I I would really like to talk to Mister Hickox yeah. to find out why he chose what he chose. Because really, like you said, like uh, they don't say little. You know, they don't say that that's Audrey too. But right. we know that it's Audrey too, and you said it was supposed to be Jason, which ended up getting switched. And, uh, well, and well, they, they, they end up called Night of the Living Dead something else. Yeah, yeah like they they but. didn't
1: like like they didn't even refer to the vampires Dracula or like right, they, right. they tried not to use names. Um, they also were supposed to have five children from Village of the Damned and The Thing. Oh. Those were all rejected because of rights. Wow. Um, I don't know. And and H- Hitchcock seemed like a lover of horror because he went on to do Hellraiser three and. And a lot of like, you know, Waxwork 2 and um, Waxwork 2 kind of has the same. If you've never seen it, it I does. Never have. I was it it say, features things it? of like Alien and oh, cool. and it, so it continues on. But, but again, um, I think he was pretty genius of how to go around, uh, you know, just because you can't say the name don't mean you can't use it in your film on right. some of these things. Right.
2: So after the huge sword fight at the end in which uh, Zach Galligan takes on the Marquis de Sade. And ends up getting bested. Um, David Warner gets shot. Falls into a vat of wax. Yeah, that's right. And the whole place is going up in flames. Right. We make it out. Our heroes make it out safe. But the crawling hand. (laughs) it gives us our sequel man there's always that one thing oh yeah that
1: that hand is also a famous star too because it was also used in return of the living dead 2 evil dead 2 and i want to say a couple other films as well nice
0: nice and it kind of reminded me it wasn't the same hand of the the little hand creature from bride (laughs) reanimator
1: yeah and 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 bob keen too uh he did the special effects Uh, I guess before even production, he worked 18 hours a day for eight weeks just to do the monsters in this film, Wow! which is this is a low budget film. Right. So uh, I think they pulled off quite a bit for that. Even the even the epic battle, I guess, was scaled back. And I was like, that's your scaled back. (laughs)
0: yeah what did they get lightsabers in the original version
1: <laughs> they might have
0: <laughs> right that's dope. Man. right but they call them laser swords laser swords <laughs> george lucas gonna sue somebody
1: <laughs> and, and another weird little uh tidbit is the the missing posters if you look closely they're actually from lost boys and they just changed the photo like even the description oh, nice. is the same from lost boys oh really nice.
0: didn't notice that cool all right, so I, I got to recommend Waxwork. You've got oh, to see this. You, you've, you've, gotta, you've never seen it. You've got to see this movie.
1: It's more fun than A Barrel of Mummies. <laughs> that was the t- oh, sorry tagline on the box.
0: <laughs> All right, moving on
1: <laughs> to our
0: final film of the, this monster mash.
2: Uh, grass Long Krampus. It's The Krampus, 2015, directed by Michael Daughtry, written by Todd Casey, Michael Daughtry, and Zach Shields. Starring Adam Scott, MJ, Anthony, Tony Collette, David Kochner, and Conchata Farrell. All
0: right. All right. So Krampus, tale as old as time, if you're from the German area of the world. <laughs> um, yeah, an old, uh, an old Alpine German legend, um, about, uh, as, as the old lady says in this, the shadow of St. Nicholas, um. Legend has it that, uh, so you all know that Santa Claus is based on the, the real-life St. Nicholas a little right. bit. It's borrowed from many different traditions. But St. Nicholas Day, observed by most churches uh, that observe St. Days, uh, uh, is December 6th. So that is St. Nicholas Day, the Feast of St. Nicholas, if you will. And uh, St. Nicholas would bring gifts to the good boys and girls. Um, but... Uh, in the, this Alpine German region, uh, because, of course, you have to scare kids into behaving, they would say that on the night before, on Krampusnacht, December 5th, Krampus would come to take away and punish the bad children. So he had these little switches that he would paddle children with. He would put them in his basket, and he would take them to wherever Krampus takes children. Typically depicted uh, much like we would see the devil. Um, horns. uh, One typically depicted also with one human foot and one cloven hoof. I don't know why. Maybe to show that he's part man, part beast per se. Uh, Chains. uh, You name it. But that is the legend of the Krampus. Okay. So this is a very German family. Uh, The the grandmother still speaks German regularly. And and so we get this nice setup in the film of... uh, I love the opening scene. It's like Black Friday. Right. People are rushing into stores, beating the snot out of each other, trying to get these gifts and just showing. Showing that the the goodwill is gone. Yeah.
2: Showing that there's no more Christmas spirit. Right. It's, it's commercialized. and.
0: Yep, exactly. And so then we lead right into our story. With uh, the the little boy of the family getting in a fight at his Christmas pageant, right? (laughs) Yes, and of course, most people instead of trying to break it up or trying to get it on their cell phones, right? And they break it up and they get home, and it's just showing that this family is really disconnected from the Christmas spirit. the The families, uh, the parents are disconnected. They're really, it's just a working relationship. It's not a loving relationship. Uh, The daughter just kind of
2: the daughter was, was the most realistic. Teenage girl, I've seen.
0: Yeah, right. And the son uh, is kind of growing out of that sweet, innocent phase of being a little boy into becoming a
1: teenager or a young adult. I think he's the only one I, in the film that, that's clinging on to, to Christmas. Exactly. Because when he loses it is when Krampus comes. Exactly. And that was the
0: point I was going to make, is that is that he is the last one trying to hold on to this sweet, innocent thing. And the grandma is trying to foster that. like She wants to keep instill that, that Christmas wonder in him. And asking him if he's written his letter to santa and uh then the the shitty in-laws show up ah
1: cousin eddie's there. family yeah. yeah
0: the cousin eddie family yes, shows up yes. uh with the uh, uh can we say um we all went to school with some of those scary tom girls <laughs> <laughs> Tom, there's nothing wrong with being a tom girl.
1: They made me the the way I am today.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with tom girls, but there, you you know that you went to school with them. Scary tom girls. The girl that that you know would whoop yo ass, and that's scary. Okay, <laughs> and that's who these I like are. That they were all wearing camouflage Under Armour. <laughs> like- oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they show up. Had their letter jackets on. They're their wrestlers. Oh, man. And they keep picking on Max, calling you know, him Maxi Pad. And they find his Santa letter, which starts out really sweet and, like, touches everyone's hearts. But then pisses off the Scary Tom girls <laughs> because she said you know, that their dad wishes they were boys. <laughs> and a fight ensues again. And that's when Max gets upset. And he tears up his letter.
2: That's one of my notes right here is I love Howard's little
0: badass kids. (laughs) (laughs) From the moment they show up at the house, I'm rooting for them. (laughs) And so by him tearing up the letter and saying, you know, screw all of this. Right. This is when the Krampus comes to town.
2: I also want to point out that everybody has an Aunt Dorothy.
0: She's yeah. a little bit racist. She's,
2: <laughs> she's a little bit. She's a boo, She's a little bit of a boozer. Yeah. She, she always criticizes some. Everybody got a dance, some version of Aunt Dorothy sitting she around at Christmas awesome. time. And that was such a well thought out character cuz everybody could relate to her on one level or another, man.
0: So initial thoughts, what do you, you guys think of this film? We saw it at the theater.
1: I well, First off, even before seeing Krampus, like I have to say I absolutely love Trick or Treat. Oh man! So, so knowing yeah. this was his next movie, I, I, it could have been called. Yeah. This mm-hmm. movie could be a piece of shit, and I'd line up. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> but I absolutely love Krampus as well. I thought
0: it's so it, much fun.
1: It, it's it's um, I think it could have been a film where you cast uh like the horrors hoo hoo of people, but instead he casted like kind of comedians yeah, and yeah. and people like not known for horror film like Tony Collette, Adam Scott. David uh well Kepler. Adam Scott was in the and Parade. He he's a he's a mixture, but yeah, yeah. but more of a comedian. Yeah. Right. Um, you Perfect. know, David Koechner, comedian. Um, there wasn't you know a cast like Tony Todd as the grandma or <laughs> you
0: know, so he didn't
1: try to do that at all. And yeah. I, I think that added it was it was actually made as a, a Christmas film, a holiday film. Yeah. With Krampus.
0: This is very gremlins. It, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. There you go. It's That's funny, scary. it's sincere, it's scary. Yeah absolutely which is
1: what the holidays are
0: <laughs> funny sincere <laughs> and scary exactly imagine your initial thoughts uh, i liked it i really yeah i like sitting watching
2: it uh i knew nothing i just from the few conversations we had had i knew nothing about krampus except for the things that you had told me so sitting around watching this it, it was good and then re-watching it the other rewatching it for this show um i still had the same kind of feelings i yeah. didn't watch it as in depth the second time around it was more for note-taking purposes right but yeah man it was there i mean it's fun it's it's that like it's, from the moment the blizzard sets in i'll, uh, I'll, I'll be watching this again
1: before christmas so right uh, yeah.
2: yeah from the moment the blizzard sets in you're you're in for that ride and it goes that one step further because the blizzard set in and like i said this is where i think that the daughter yeah was amazing because there's a blizzard set in and all she's concerned about is her boyfriend yeah, he's a, a few meet. blocks away, she's got to get to him. Yeah, I just want to go see. Can I go? And then he and Adam scott's like "Yeah, just go. It's all right. She'll be fine." Like in the middle of a blizzard, we're this far disconnected from family at this point. Yeah, that we're just like, no, no, no. Let's send our firstborn out into the out into the blizzard yeah. to go be with her boyfriend. I mean, I just think it's it. It keeps taking those steps. And it doesn't back off. It just shows the little things that we all do—not all do. My bad, but that people do and just take for granted. You know, or the,
1: the disconnect.
2: Yeah, we don't think. Yeah, we just don't think about it. We're like, sure, whatever. Oh, you don't want to be here with us for Christmas? No, it's fine. Go ahead, do, do what you got. We, we
1: tolerate our family. We don't right. like them. Right. Exactly. And and, and Krampus brings you together.
2: <laughs> right. Because Adam Scott has that great line. Murder where, brings us all together. <laughs> where he has that line where he's talking about—I uh, don't know verbatim—but he says something like family are the people that we're supposed to be around we're not you know families the people that we're bound to or something but we're not all friends and yeah. that's not the way it's supposed to be or when he's talking to max in his room right i was like well that's it's so true man right. it's like you know we choose our friends we choose to spend time with each other Family's just those people it's like yeah we don't really have anything in common but we're we're supposed to be together so let's just hang out yeah. and that shows majorly in the way these families interact yeah. told you we should have gone to my brothers like right oh, there yeah. man
0: right right um so the so the snow sets in yep and this is when the action starts uh they can't get a hold of their daughter yeah. right? and they're starting to worry about well no she doesn't even make it that's right she doesn't even make it to her boyfriend she's on her way there yeah and that's when she sees the DHL guy right mm-hmm. frozen get, in the van yeah the frozen DHL guy which was really cool and then it starts her little, you know, fight with the toys, right?
2: Um, I was like, my note is: is it a Krampus or a gopher? <laughs> the thing, the, bur- the thing burrowing under the ground. It was like much trimmers. like Bugs Bunny. Oh uh, yeah,
0: I thought, I, was, I was like, it's more like Trimmers, but in the snow. You know what I mean? Right. And she's trying to get away from it and shivers,
1: shivers, shivers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what stands out for you in the film, kills wise and and action wise? The
2: first thing that stood out for me, man, that I really still enjoy is uh, the iPad. Yeah. Uh, the iPad is the metaphor for life. <laughs> oh. It really is, man. It's uh, the, the shoe, Tony Collette walks by and she says, won't that thing die? And she said, yeah, it's going to die sometime, but we might as well enjoy it while we can. <laughs> and you're just like,
0: <laughs> what? D- d-
2: didn't even hit me the first time watching it. The second time I was like, damn, that's, I didn't catch that. But she says that and she's like there. Cause that's what's going on. It's yeah. like, won't that thing die? It's like, gonna die sometime might as well enjoy it while we can <laughs> it's like oh god so meta i think I know, uh i a, love that.
1: a standout scene for me which which could it, it walked a thin line because because just a little bit too much more would have been too much as the gingerbread men in the kitchen <laughs> but I, I love that scene so good and it, it so if, much fun yeah if if, if it would have just a little bit too much it, it would have It took you out of the film i think but
0: and i think that is probably the scene that took a lot of hardcore horror fans out of the film uh or people that just wanted it to be more of a horror movie instead of a fun holiday movie right uh you know i think for the most part most horror fans i know love this movie right. because it, it, it just reminds them of fun like 80s style horror comedy but there were some people that really wanted it to be a scary movie, and they are like, what the fuck is this with the gingerbread man? I'm like, just enjoy it. Well, like know? everything, like the big
2: jack-in-the-box. Yeah. And... Right. So that was uh, another thing I wanted to ask you. Is there any of that in the legend?
0: Does he have minions? No, no. That really, was just no. for this movie?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Which, you know, it, it just adds into the mythology. Right, right. You know, it's like making the mythology. The, the, the
1: tree topper or angel or whatever that thing oh, was. That, that, that was pretty
0: frightening. With its tongue and everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, boy, that jack-in-the-box, so good. Right. So good. Scary. I love like. Swallowing true. them kids whole. Yeah, man. The,
1: the, the elves? The elves were pretty scary. The elves, yeah. were, the elves were good, man. Which, my, my first thought was uh, almost Star Wars Phantasm. <laughs> yeah.
0: A little right. bit. A little Jawas. Yeah, exactly.
1: well <laughs> equally all scary.
0: Right.
2: Oh, right. man. What about the, uh, <laughs> I got so pissed off when the, uh, when the chain comes down the chimney with the gingerbread man and the little fat kid. I was like, come on, dog. Look at you're making us all look bad. Right <laughs> <now."> <laughs> like this mysterious chain comes down the chimney and you're like, oh shit, there's a gingerbread. Yeah.
0: <laughs> come on, dude. You're ruining for everybody right now, man. And of course, David Koechner has got all them guns in his big ass <laughs> Hummer, which was great. They're gonna hunt this thing down. Oh, I love that. Man. Um What about Nona's story? Oh, man? the animated flash. There's a nice little break yeah puts it in there when she tells about her experience with the Krampus Mm -hmm. and you know her warning as to what they're doing and you got to keep the fire going oh yeah and they didn't not at all um there's there's the other
2: metaphor yeah you got to keep the fire burning the fire for Christmas the fire for family the fire for love yeah you got to keep the fire burning because once the fire goes out
0: here's the Krampus when you invite evil into your life right you know yeah a lot of good metaphors in this movie yeah man and then they don't beat you over the head with them they're just kind of there yeah a lot of fun a lot of fun other notable stuff oh god
1: i I was gonna say before i I got a chance to see it i know a few people that hated on the film and and their main take was well you're gonna hate it because of the ending and and after watching it i just thought i don't think they realized the ending right I think they thought that this was um happy 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 ending and and I was like did you watch the same movie that I watched yeah there's
2: one guy in particular
1: yeah and 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 I I think he uh completely was lost that the ending wasn't happy at all they they're all dead or or purgatory or whatever yeah but uh the the, the scariest part for me is when they slowly each start realizing yeah What's happening?
2: He opens up the box. It has the bell inside. Yeah, and then he just kind of looks, and you could hear the the audio playing yeah. of everything that happened the night before. And then Adam Scott starts to look, and then Tony Collette and the kids, and everybody's starting to oh, that was real. Yeah, and it, they leave you there. There's no further explanation. We don't need anything else. Snow globe.
0: Yep. Yeah. They. Uh, spoiler alert! Right now. Uh, <laughs> cover your ears for a second, but. They are all in a snow globe in Krampus's workshop, yeah, or or, or hell, or wherever he takes these. Yeah, bad that's what. People. So
2: we called it purgatory, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, because they're all kind of stuck in that place, yeah. But they're all stuck in there together, and they all hate each other,
0: yeah. So it's th- I th- like where that's
2: hell, right? <laughs> right. You being stuck with a bu- in a closed, confined quarters with a bunch of people you fucking hate. There,
0: uh, there's an alternate ending that we watched, and in the alternate ending, he opens it, he finds the bell. And he looks at grandma and she kind of winks like they know, like the boy and grandma know what they like live through, but then actually came out of, and there's no snow globe ending.
1: And oh, like, for real?
0: Yeah. I
2: didn't even want, is that on the Blu-ray? Yeah. I didn't even watch that one.
0: And I thought that's a cop out. I like the, I like the snow globe. Ending. Yeah, me too. It's Very meta, very meta. Uh, and did I, you
2: see the tongue on that dude? He must make Mrs. Krampus really
0: happy. Well, that's what I want to talk about for a second. Uh, I want to talk about my complaints with the Krampus creature. Okay. Um, so that's in listening to an interview with the director, that's not Krampus's face. It's a mask. Krampus is wearing a human mask.
2: That's what it looked like
0: to me. But when I first saw it, I didn't think it was a mask. I thought, why has Krampus got that stupid face stuck like that? Like it never, the mouth didn't move or anything hollow, like But
2: that. he's got those hollowed out eyes. Yeah. And-
0: yeah and uh, so he explained that it was like a, a mask, and so like he didn't want to try and define what Krampus is supposed to look like. and I'm like, you know what, man? you just you you, you went for it. you made a movie called Krampus. make it the way you want it to look. And I guess if that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to do, but I didn't like it. I, I wish I wish the Krampus would have had like a Krampus face.
1: Maybe uh Krampus returns
0: yeah maybe maybe he's Uh,
1: you know and 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 this movie was was it was successful
0: yeah
1: um i would say the hang-up is trick-or-treat 2 and apparently godzilla 2 is his next big
0: directorial yeah okay
1: so but uh i i totally could see uh another krampus film being done um i mean other than the straight-to-video faux faux buster movies
0: yeah You know, yeah, instead of calling it Krampus 2, like maybe Krampus Knocked, or Return of Krampus. Or Krampus Krampus Rides Again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Krampus Krampus Strikes Back.
0: Krampus Scared Stupid. Yeah, (laughs) Krampus Harder. Um,
1: Krampus Vacation. Krampus in a mall.
0: (laughs) Chopping Krampus.
2: There we go, man. We could go all day with...
1: Black Krampus.
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: But as we know, we... Krampus is white. We don't want to anger anybody. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. They can't handle a black Santa, so they definitely can't handle a black Krampus. For real. So. He's German anyways. So, <laughs> so uh, any final thoughts on Krampus? Watch it. Definitely.
1: You'll love it.
0: Oh! <laughs> oh puns, puns, puns are funny. Puns, 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 puns. Um, yeah, I love this movie. It's You're great. Right. Uh, I love that it. Uh, people who don't typically like horror movies have been you know messaging me and saying we just watched krampus that's a blast you know like i'm glad people are enjoying it for what it is it's a lot of fun
1: it's a fun movie uh yeah i, I will say real quick uh one standout is is the boy that plays max yes uh mj anthony i think uh, but he's bad mom's jungle book um incarnate which i haven't seen yet and this next movie's with Keanu Reeves, but I think that kid's gonna go somewhere. We—it's uh, funny because a
0: couple days after, or maybe a day or two after, we watched Krampus. Uh, Carrie and I watched Bad Moms, mm-hmm. and he pops up, and I was like, Max! Yeah. I was so excited to see him. He's yeah, doing well. I think this kid
1: has a future. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. he got a new family, and <laughs> he's he doing well. He's now doing he's, well. he's still a mom. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So very good, very good. Any final thoughts? Anything to say
2: on anything? Oh man, I love Naomi. She was. <laughs>
0: very good all right so wrapping up another installment of uh, monster mash i'm one of your hosts i'm grizzly adren i'm joined by
2: mad chan and Hot thanks and don't forget to
0: check us out at www.midwestmonsters.net for all your midwest monsters needs so look us up on facebook check us out on instagram follow us on twitter and as usual friends please stay scary